What we do here is go back, 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 back. back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you, the creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, innovators, CEOs, executives, producers, artists. All of you guys are basically in your lane, doing your thing, probably very differently than society taught you to do them. And uh, we understand you, we get you. So do all the guests that I bring on every single week. As you guys know, I, I don't believe in this glamorization and glorification of end success because there is so much going on in the middle that is happening that is contributing to anybody's journey, anybody's building of something that they believe in, whether it's this amazing career path or their art or their brand or business. And obviously everybody that, you know, is uh, committed to their growth, they're going through through lots of really great things that they also come on to share with the rest of the world. So you guys see that we're all humans just having human experiences, but dedicated to something bigger. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, for many of you who've been around for a long time, we're getting a lot of new people. I'm Matt Gottesman. Thank you for being here. You guys can find me on Instagram at Matt Gottesman for any and all endeavors. And then if you want to join the conversation on culture and creativity and entrepreneurship, that's at HDF magazine. If you want to follow the podcast at hustle sold separately, you guys know I answer each and every DM text, uh, comment, you name it for the last six, seven years. I'm on it. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the ratings and reviews that are coming through. So thank you for that. And we have another incredible show. Um, we're going to be talking with Kelly Helfman. Uh, who uh, a phenomenal individual her, her background is, is just she's made a run um, in you know fashion and events uh, she's the president of WWD magic um, and project women's which we're going to talk about Ma many of you guys if I say magic especially for a lot of our listeners that are in fashion magic is like the show in Las Vegas that is like <clears throat> and it's been the show for a long time where buyers and you know all new fashion and and well, I'll let her get into it because I don't want to butcher it. But, <laughs> you know, um, but we're, we're going to be also talking a lot about, though, today about balancing to have it all. Um, I know that we get into these conversations of, um, well, you can't have it all and sacrifices and, and this and that. Yes, there are sacrifices, but you can create the life that you would like mm -hmm. and it, you can do it, you know, with you can't do it alone. You have to do it with people. And you have to be very intentional with it. And you have to have um, a strong inner core. And so um, when Kelly wanted to talk about this, I was like, perfect. Um, you know, because she's a mom and, and, you know, balancing a career that she loves, you know, having family, <clears throat> you know, and all the things that are going on with all these events. So real quick, you know, Kelly, um, you know, modern mother of two, president, I said, of West Coast uh, Women's Events. She oversees sales, merchandising, partnerships, and more for WWD Magic which uh, again, I, I mentioned awesome, but it's also the, uh, the, US, the top US trade show in 2018 and 2019. So for trade shows, and then Project Women's uh, Stitch and Pool trade show, and then over 13 years of experience at Magic, she's very passionate about uh, helping retailers and designers succeed at trade shows and in business, was just named one of BizBash's 1000 most influential event professionals for 2019. We'll just put her in the top five because that's what we do. <laughs> we just jump that line and put her in, our, in, our, in, our, in our own, you know, in our own basket because that's what we do. 
um kelly i appreciate you being here oh and she's also university of arizona alumni what up bear down appreciate hey hey (laughs) so well matt thank you that was incredible and your intro music i was over here feeling it thank you i like that thank you i I need to i've been using that for a little while so we're gonna have to maybe switch up it as well but i I love the music and i I appreciate having you here because you're doing a lot (laughs) oh my gosh well thank you um No, I kind of added a little bit of a different perspective for the hustlers out there. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, I love that. I probably wouldn't have the balls to be an entrepreneur. I actually like to work for somebody else. And that organization and um, corporate ladder, that's where I feel most comfortable. I actually started a long time ago with my own clothing line. As you know, I went to University of Arizona. I was a film major, did absolutely nothing with that. (laughs) Um, What major were you, by the way? Uh, international business. Okay. So, so I'm, oh, I'm using it. I, I wanted to use it for digital and I was laughed at back then. Now aren't we living in a global world? <laughs> Honestly, you were ahead of your time. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. I wanted to be a casting director, talent yeah. agent, and I literally tried it for five seconds after graduating. And this industry was not for me. I went into fashion. I started my own line. It was amazing. I just did not like working for myself. Some people it just, it's not that right fit. So I wanted to stay within fashion, but work on the business side of fashion, not designing, not necessarily store. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and so when you were talking, I, what did you say? You're like, this is for the entrepreneurs, the hustlers, the executives. I guess I bring that executive side to this. Um, I ended up getting an interview at Magic Trade Show 14 years ago. It was 2006. And I became a customer service rep for Magic. So I would literally call the brands and ask them for their contract, for their booth space. I'd collect their money. I'd get them operationally prepped for the show. And that's how I started my journey and worked my way up over the 14 years. And now I'm president of all the women's events at Magic. So it was a little bit of a different journey for me, but I love it. And kind of like you said, I've through that time, I was just getting married in 2006. I started a family um, and I've really had to balance for all the mamas listening. It's a lot, you know, you want this big career or want to run a business, be a boss, babe. Actually, I don't even like saying babe. Why can't we all just be bosses? It doesn't have to necessarily be a babe. Thank you. Um, But I was wanting to do all that, have kids and uh, made it work. And you kind of can have it all. Like you said, you can manifest this life you want and get it. Why can't you do it with the right support system, uh, the right partner or spouse, your family, getting the right nannies that you feel uh, connected to, it all works out. So it's, it's exciting. And I've had a good time along the way. Don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of ups and downs and hard times, but, but it's been fun. No, you know, um, well, I, I like that. By the way, I like you put that uh, side note at the end, and and and, 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 and you know it's very true. But also, <clears throat> we there's a lot of people who listen to the show that um, yeah they may not necessarily be entrepreneurs. They're just they're just passionate about something, or they're wanting to move within their passion, even if it's mm-hmm. within a, a company. Because I actually do believe that not everybody is cut <clears throat> for the entrepreneurial path. It is it is brutal at times. If we were being really really honest, it is absolutely mm-hmm. brutal at times because it's very. Um, uh, it could be, it could just be messy, right? And all the, all that you have to learn. And then, and then also sometimes it's just, um, 
you know, it, it could be lonely versus like an executive route where it's like, no, I know what I would like to do and I know where I'm really good at contributing that. And I'd like to contribute that for XYZ organization or business. So I, I, I like that perspective a lot. And I know a lot of people listening do too. So I'm glad. I think, yeah. yeah, I liked knowing the expectations, the route I was going, having a clear, uh, excuse me, a clear career path. And so if you try the entrepreneur route, like I did with my clothing, I, so I had a clothing line. I, it just, I didn't like it. I didn't like doing my own books. I didn't like feeling that pressure. I wanted more clarity organization. I wanted teams that were supporting me in marketing and operations and finance. And so don't feel bad if you try it. And it's just not for you. Right. Well, you have an incredible career and work for, a big man or a smaller startup, whatever it is, but it's just not for everybody. Right. And I do like, though, you made a very, very key yeah. distinction, though, about um, with a career path, expectations, a clear route, more clarity, organization. See, but those things were helping you assess, um, you know, to take that route within in within, quote unquote, corporate America. That's mm -hmm. also that. But that's that's important because there's a lot of people who they just may not be either aligned in the right role in corporate America or they may not, you know, be, there may not be a clear route. So we can, you know, I'm, I'm happy to also dive into those details of like, how were you able to say, okay, I'm here. I know where I want to go and I want to build all of that. I want to build towards all of that and, and have a successful career. Oh, and by the way, it's also really cool to have a family too. And if mm -hmm. I love what I do over my career, it spills over into my family and vice versa. So we can go any rich direction around. I mean, but like, how, did you, were you clear from the very get-go or did you have mentors that were like, what do you want to do? And, and you could see the path or you, did you create the path along the way with people? How, how did that work? Yeah. You know, um, I was 24 when I started at magic and I, like I said, I tried the clothing line route after I decided not to go into film. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in fashion, but I didn't really think I wanted to be a designer and own my own company. So for me, it was specifically about being like, okay, I have, you know, that drive for fashion. I want to be on the business side of it. I didn't get a degree in fashion. I didn't go to fit I didn't go to FIT. I didn't study retail at the university of Arizona. Like what could I do? So with magic, getting that interview, realizing they put on a fashion trade show. So there is, there's a sales team who sells the designers into the booth space. There's a retail relations team. Their whole thing is to call buyers, buyers from Nordstrom's, Bloomingdale's, small boutiques to get them registered for the show, to have that drive. There's a marketing team, an operations team, a finance team, all around this giant trade show. And I think getting my foot in that door was it originally just about, gosh, I want to get in the business of fashion. But then as I was a customer service rep and more on the sales side, so I was working on a sales team that was trying to get more and more designers to, because our revenue comes from the boost space, which is getting designers to buy boost from us. So I, I was on a sales team and my mentor at the time, she was running the sales and customer service team was like, you know, you got to make X amount of calls a day, 25 successful calls a day. That can mean up to 50 outgoing calls, but you only reach 25 to get these more information about coming to the show, locking them in. So it was like that sales hustle. And that's what was addicting to me. Immediately. I knew not only do I like sales and I'm good at it and I have a big mouth and I was kind of born to do this, 
I, I also get to talk to fashion designers and, you know, CEOs of Steve Madden and BCBG and all of these major brands, you know, we're working with Levi's, we're working with great iconic brands, small emerging designers, and I'm a part of their story. So I feel like it was taking the passion that you have, whether it's the medical field, the music industry, whatever it is, and then finding your niche. I'm really good at marketing. I'm good at sales. I'm good at legal, whatever it is. So it was like sales plus fashion was an equation for me to just just strive at my job. So that is where I started to shine. I was making those calls. I was hitting the productivity goals. You know, when my co- my counterparts and colleagues were making only 15 successful calls, I was making 25. My numbers were going up. I was retaining a lot of great business. And then I would be up for that promotion. You know, I'd go to a junior account executive. Then I'd go to a sales manager. All of a sudden, I was getting new business goals after that. So it really, for me, was a numbers game to show um, how great I was at selling. I was selling. I was um, schmoozing. Then it became face-to-face meetings out of office, not just the calls. Then they would send me to competitive trade shows. I was popping in people's booths. I mean, talk about cold selling. I would go to a competitive trade show because there are those. There's a lot of markets in Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago. I would pop into these showrooms and just say, hey, have you guys ever heard about magic? You should come. Your line would do incredible. Um, Here's my business card. Let's definitely keep the conversation going. And it drove me. Every time I would close a sale, I just wanted more and more. And then that became overseeing a sales group and then running a show and and then from there on, you know, overseeing more the brands, the the messaging and, and whatnot. So that was my journey. But I, I really do believe it was about making those connections, seeing the brands and the buyers connect, being, you know, I, had, I have companies like Miss Me or Desigual. I'm not sure if you know these brands, but they're, they started off with me in a 10 by 10 or 10 by 20 booth. That's like 10 feet by 10, 10 feet where they're bringing their collections. And now they have booths that are 3000 square feet. They have 300 retail stores across America. It's just being part of that incredible experience that drove me. You know, I got, I got <laughs> chills um, a couple of different times when you were speaking, which to me is always a, um, uh, like a, a source of, oh. tru- of truth, of truth. Like I feel like well, um, chills come from when I think when people are really aligned and, and they're in their, in their, in their truth. And, um, a couple of things that you said really resonated with me, especially, you know, you're like, oh, I was, you know, I was about the numbers, but numbers for you were different. I want to make a distinction and correct me if uh-huh. I'm wrong. Numbers for you were different because you were aligned with <clears throat> what you were doing. So you were speaking so passionately about something that became a no brainer and was helping brands. So it was like you were excited, which helped become excitement for all these people who then would come to the shows. And so no wonder your numbers would go up. And if you're excited, making 15 calls is like, oh, no, I'm bored. I want more. I want more because you're already aligned in your your purpose. Like you're having fun with it. And I think that that's a very like so you're, you're uh, yes, they're cold calls. But for you, and, and if I'm please, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're you're feeling so good about it. That it's like, it's fun. So it's not really that you're cold calling. You're like, oh, I'm trying to bring all these great opportunities to people who like need to be there. Yeah. I mean, listen, from uh, 2006 was Magic's heyday. I mean, that's the day when like Rock Aware and Jay-Z, they would have their big booths, double deckers, Mm -hmm. and all these amazing, incredible hip hop stars would come and launch their sneaker brands. And it was like, it was fun to sell because people knew of Magic. It was it was the time. And then things got hard in 2008. 
when everything was crashing and these brands were going out of business and, you know, we had a lot of hard, it was harder to sell. So yes, was it easy to sell and people wanted to talk to me in 2006? Yes. In 2008, it got harder, but I still believed in the show and I knew that the right brands would make it work and they would figure out the budget to come and retail was so strong. And, but I, yes, when you are passionate about the product you're selling or the service you're selling, it makes it that much more easy. You know, when somebody cold calls you and talks about AT&T and I'm offering this new service and it's Fios or what Verizon Fios, and they are so monotone in their voice. And it's like, they're just reading off a script. You right. want to die. <laughs> but if somebody calls me and they're like, I, I just, I feel like you need to know about this. You're on my list of being a top person, you know, person in the fashion industry, or you have incredible digital, what, like just sell me. How can it help me? You feel that passion. And yeah, so it really set me apart. Um, you know, I hear salespeople now at my organization, selling and and they just don't have that passion in their voice. And I don't know if this is the right fit for them. You truly have to believe in what you're selling. And if you're not excited about the product, the brands you're calling are going to feel that or the customers you're calling are going to feel that. That's it's, it's 100% accurate. If you're Mm -hmm. excited by what you're selling, you're not going to lose. That's Mm -hmm. I tell that to people all the time. Like you're not going to lose. I mean, you may get no's, but that's, they're just not your market fit or, or just timing for them or whatever it might be. But but like it's exciting to um, sell a solution or something that helps others with whatever it is in their journey. Yeah, and those knows, you know, a lot of time because we work a lot with retention brands. So brands that continue to come back show after show to Magic. And just so everybody's clear, Magic's a it's the wholesale B2B part of the business of fashion. So these brands, all the brands you know and love um, are coming to Magic and they're selling to the stores. It's not open to the public. So they're selling to those mom and pop boutiques. Like I said, Macy's, Nordstrom's, Bloomingdale, Saks, whatever, Neiman's. Um, those buyers are coming in and buying for their stores six months before it's actually going to come into their stores. So the it's the business side of fashion. It's a lot different. Um, and where I was going with this, oh, just... You, you have to know that the retention brands that come every show are kind of the low-hanging fruit. But often, a lot of these guys will say, you know what? I've been doing your show a few times. I, I just, it's not the right fit. Yes, I want to try to save those customers and get them to come back. But sometimes having those lengthy conversations with somebody that's already made the decision in their head to say, no, I'm not interested, take that time and call five new potential people to try to sell them in. That was really important for me to learn. I mean, I would be so devastated if a major stakeholder brand was not coming back. I, I call meeting and meeting after different with different person. It's just not in their, um, their budget anymore to do the show. They've made a decision not to come. So instead of wasting hours and hours to try to save them, you could have called another 10 to 15 new prospective customers to try to get them in that was really key for me to learn as well so true so true and you know and and you do all this while managing a family (laughs) you have a family that's that's a big thing let's talk about that nowadays let's let's talk about that because um that same passion for work same passion for family um Mm -hmm. and that something doesn't necessarily have to sacrifice uh, well, okay, let me say, you have to maneuver around the pieces, obviously, to make it all work mm-hmm. and have processes in place and, and, and systems between, you know, house and home and, or excuse me, home, house, home and, and business. Um, how have you did, done it 
How, how has it been for you? Talk about that process. Yeah. You know, and it's not just for us mothers, it's fathers too. Absolutely. You know, the men uh, that are fathers and have these big careers too, they're traveling and they're leaving their families and they want to be home too. And they feel the same guilt we feel at times. So for mothers and fathers that have big careers and have these jobs that keep them away from their family, it's, it's a balance. Um, in the corporate world or whether you run your own company, it's boundaries for me. I have to make sure I leave at a certain hour. It's addictive to want to work till seven, eight at night and really keep that hustle going and then go to drinks with coworkers or uh, clients. I have to set boundaries. I only want to do one of those late nights once a week. I can do that, but the rest, I have to make sure I leave by five to get home to my family by, oh, and don't forget, I, I commute an hour and a half each way. Ooh. That also takes up time, which is great in the morning because I get to do my East Coast calls and I make the most out of it. But on my way home, that's really tough for me. So setting those boundaries to make sure that I leave the office by five. So I get home by 630 to have at least two hours with my kiddos and my husband before it's bedtime. Um, Be there for the meals. Also set the expectation with them. You know, mommy has a Monday meeting, so they know mommy's not going to be home. Uh, Also. I I learned this from my therapist, very open and honest. You know, I do, I love to go to therapy because it's like that mental exercise I need to be able to give me tools to balance it all. My therapist always says, before you walk in the door, Kelly, all that stress, I mean, I run a lot of uh, the revenue for the fashion group at Informa. And so all these things that are keeping me up at night, I have to put them into a suitcase before I walk through the door. So before I walk I put in all the worries, all the things I'm working on, all the customers I'm talking to, the struggles with the team, whatever it is, I put into a suitcase. I imagine an amazing Gucci or Louis Vuitton bag, of course. (laughs) And I put my thoughts in there and I leave it outside the door before I walk into my family. And then when I walk into my family, I can be clear and I'm really focusing on them. I have to put down the phone, not check my emails. And I give them those two hours. Now, after I put the kids to bed and we wrap it up. If I want to log back on, that's fine. I often do that when I'm laying in bed. It makes me feel better to have a clear inbox. But those two hours when I'm with them, I make sure to separate it. Um, and it's kind of like texting and driving, right? It can wait. Yeah. And there's there's been times where it's show mode. You know, I have big magics coming up and 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 I let them know. I want them to tell me about their feelings of when they're feeling overwhelmed at school. I let my family also know the same at dinner. Listen, mommy's, you know, stressed out. It's okay to share my feelings. I have a lot going on. I I apologize if I am kind of working and hanging out with you guys. It's just one of those times. So to be open and honest about what I'm feeling. I think it's um, bringing up such incredible points. Um, you know, uh, open communication, discerning boundaries. Boundaries are everything. I, I, I grew up in a household where my father always had his own businesses, but when he came home, he shut it off because it was like, oh, I'm, I'm having dinner with my family. Dinner and family was just a really, really big deal to him, even no matter how much was going on. And he told me, he's like, you will always have more. You will always have more to do. He's like, you will never not have more to do. The key mm-hmm. is um, being able to know that you've done all that you could do within a day. And then that's that. You will pick up where you left off tomorrow. He's like, you know, and, and, and that's, that's how it is. Like you, you know, there will always be more to do. So, you know, but make sure that that doesn't only consume all your time. So watching him actually be able to do that was very, it was very helpful for me. So I'm glad that you, you do that. And it's very true. Like, you know, kind of leaving it at the door before you, before you go in and, um, 
you know, and, and I also like the, the fact that like that open communication, because I think the more that your your kids probably can realize your world as well, too. There's also a respect that comes right back as they get older. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, she's open and honest about where she's at and what she's doing and how she's doing it because kids absorb. That was my whole point is that kids absorb everything because I certainly saw it from my father, you know, and I knew that there was a lot going on. And he would sometimes talk about, you know, his you know business. Well, he tried not to in a lot of ways, but then he would try. Mm-hmm. You know, but sometimes he would just out of like sure, like hey, here's what's going on, and you know, like from an interesting standpoint, and probably venting. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure your dad was you know a good role model, and I would hope that I'm a good role model for my daughter, especially and my son too, to show like mama's out working, hustling, doing this big job, and she also is a great mom to us. And yes, does my mom travel once a month or twice a month? Yeah, and that's hard and we miss her, but we she makes sure to FaceTime me and let me know what's going on and she's doing the best she can and often I do get that mom guilt. I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'm not out there in New York thinking this is all fun and games and not feeling bad. I'm missing major things in their life. I'm missing the talent show. I'm going to be missing the first day of school for August Magic. Like these things are hard. But I'm very lucky to have a partner who works close to home, who has more flexibility, works for himself. So that's great because he can be home to do those things. So number one, it's good to have a mesh if you can, or a support system that can take them on that first day of school. And it's second best, or, you know, I mean, in this case, it's their dad, but maybe grandma or like somebody they love and look up to. It's that mom guilt for me is really hard, but I read a lot of things online that says, you know, you're setting great example for your daughters or this, these, these statistics that like 50% of female CEOs, their moms were workers and hustlers. And I have to think that those stats are true and that I'm setting a good example. One day, my daughter will be a great career woman or run her own business or, or who knows. So, you know, we're all doing the best we can, but what I do know is that I'm following my heart, my passion and I don't think for me personally, I could stay home. I, I, this drive in me <laughs> drives my happiness, which then is a reflection on my kids and they see mama be happy. And, and if I was home and not happy and doing something for me that drove me to be energetic and, and joyful in life, then that would affect my kids. So it's so important that we do what's right for us and our kids see us happy. It's true. I mean, again, because they absorb everything. So you you make such a, a great point. I, I I work a lot out of my home. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. isolating at times, and I, but at the same time, I'm very driven. So <laughs> those are two very, <laughs> yes. very uh, you know conflicting uh, um, you know kind of uh, pieces. But but I but you're absolutely right. I mean, um, I think that you set a very good example of like, hey, here's how here's how I'm doing it here, and you know, I want you to feel like you can do anything as well too with work with integrity with open communication with boundaries with you know we because they see everything the importance of them really learning from us is you know how we are how we're showing up right yes yes we need to show up for our kids we need to show up for our spouses we need to show up for our friends our parents our work and it's so important to be authentic in your communication with everybody quite frankly um but especially your kids right to show them like the realness of the, your career. So they know mommy's career is a lot, you know, I tell them the good things and I tell them the hard things. And I, I think that's really appreciative. And like your dad, when he comes home and he shares with you things about work, I mean, sure. Does my seven-year-old care anything that maybe a big client of mine didn't um, sign the contract today? No, but it's important. They'll remember later. They really will. They really will. I mean, and, and, you know, 
um, they're they're mini use whether you like it or not, <laughs> right? I mean, they sure. what they so, sure are. And so, um, so on the back on the business of fashion, um, mm-hmm. how you know you you talked about 2006 yeah. was this you know high in that world, and then 2008 mm-hmm. had some you know something a, a little bit different. Um, how has it mm-hmm. been you know in the more previous years? I mean, because I, I feel like social media um, has made a huge rise to these amazing brands that you know uh that start off as boutique brands that and in a lot of ways a lot of people haven't even heard of it and um they're having a meteoric rise from social so are you are you seeing kind of like a new wave now oh my gosh yes it's so different like when i started 14 years ago at magic the brands if you launched a brand a clothing line they would start wholesale and then maybe start selling online, which we call direct to consumer. So it would be wholesale first and then direct to consumer. So you'd see RockAware launch. Let's say I keep using that as an example, but he would launch at Magic and get into all Macy's, all these boutiques, everything. And then he would start selling e-commerce online. Now, today, you see the opposite. What brands are doing is these these brands are launching online. They're getting huge fans through social media and influencers, and they're just selling um on their own website or potentially a marketplace like Amazon, and then they're going wholesale. So the model has actually changed quite a bit. So where Magic has always supported the B2B, which we still do, it's our primary business, we are also looking at different ways to reinvent ourselves. Mm. How can fashion trade show business or our business as a whole support Omnichannel? Um, How can we help your D2C business? How can we help your B2B business? And really take them to the next level on all counts. So there has been a huge shift. Um, we're doing things like launching influencer programs to help them work with influencers or help their D2C channels get new retail technology, um, how brands can be more sustainable. I know we're all producing in China. There's a lot of tariffs for accessories. There's so much we're doing on the back end to be the experts in fashion. You know, you come to our show, and by the way, I hope everybody wants to come. Please also message me on Instagram anytime. And if anybody wants to walk the show, check it out. You're thinking about launching a line. I'd love to help people get into this industry, but, um, and hopefully Matt, you can give them my information and notes or whatnot. Absolutely. It'll be, it'll be in the show notes too. Okay. Amazing. I'm just gray doll, G R E Y D A H L. Um, but at our show, we have tons of seminars and panels on how to launch D2C, how to launch um, on social media, how to work on Shopify. It's not just B2B, but we also have those. You know, We help brands and buyers help their e-commerce sales, um, how to work with influencers. So you name it, we have tons of education that people come to Magic solely for. They come to yes, sell their line or do their buying for their store. But the education they get out of magic is pretty incredible. So it's it's really our job to help people, whether it's brands or buyers, get through these changes within the fashion industry. I mean, social media is so incredible to promote your line. I mean, it's free. And then a lot of people are redelegating their dollars. So if yep. they think, you know, Let's say they used to do two of our shows a year and take booths that were potentially uh, 600 square feet because they they basically um, pay us by the size of their booth. Maybe now they take 400 square feet a show and take that extra money they have left over from shrinking their booth size to marketing dollars on social media. So the way they're spending their 
differently. So it's not that brands are not returning to the trade show business because they they know they need to be there and meet with their customers and find new stores to sell to. It's just that they're reallocating their dollars to also have the budget to be able to spend on social media marketing or influencer marketing. Um, and we encourage it. We get it. You have to do a little bit of everything now. We're here to help you there. Yeah, I, I, I was a very strategic question on purpose that I said that because I wanted mm-hmm. you, I, I preach it all the time and I wanted you to say that at all because I'm, I'm a digital, I'm a growth marketer. Um, so mine's so all sales funnels, automation, e-com, drop shipping, like I all that world. And I try to explain to people, I'm like, there's arbitrage in in um, online with influence and with, um, you know, people used to just think, oh, Google ads. I'm like, "Mm, really? Or make the materials for these certain people, um, put them as your quote unquote team on your um, page to show the style of people that are using your products. Um, Then you also promote them because you have a platform. They have a platform. Now we're cross promoting. Now they're driving sales and traffic because everybody else is seeing them out there. That reach then has millions of people who also drive people right back. And they're like, how does your brain think that way? I'm like, put the pieces together. The internet brings more people together just start connecting them and here we are on a podcast and listen, talking. <laughs> even as a trade show for us i mean think about it when i yes. started we were doing advertising in women's wear daily and trade publications now our advertising also is mostly online so we get it like we're doing the same thing to involve our business evolve our business too so it's so important um keep reading listening to podcasts like yours making those shifts investing in your business there's so many podcasts that i learn from every day that i apply to magic and how I can help my company grow. Your organization is a content dream. You I would mean. never, <laughs> never run out of content. And the, I mean, get my hands on a team and some content with you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> cause like, cause there's so it's, much the going possibilities on. Possibilities are insane. And Matt, we're just getting on it ourselves. Yeah. Well, it ha- it, it happens with a lot of I mean that's that's I use I, I was doing that with some brands back in the day, like big brands and like and as that shift was happening and 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 it's still early. So you're still seeing a lot of organizations be like, "Wait a minute, you're like, "Up, oh, you're getting it, right?" Like you see like the possibility because the more people see what you guys are doing and how you're doing it and where you're doing it and involving them, oh man, that community just compounds. Like my all my audiences have all been organic in a world where not everybody's as organic anymore. Um, but it's all because it's been community driven and they want to be a part of that journey. And you guys have content for days. So I can imagine just a field day having fun with all that, you know? I mean, um, just this upcoming magic in a few weeks from now, mm-hmm. um, the show's February 5th in Las Vegas. I have on my panel, so I only run women's. There's somebody who runs men's and they have incredible, incredible people in men's fashion and the streetwear industry. But in women's, I have Tori Spelling coming to talk about her journey. The Bella Twins, who have a line called Birdie B, yeah. the wrestlers, um, I, who I think you've maybe in, even interviewed before. Yeah, they, they came on the show uh, right before they launched. They came. That's on the crazy. Show. So yeah. like, there's so yep. many incredible people. You know the hot villain guy? Yep. I don't know if you know that. But like, he's launching a line and coming to talk. He's, he's a major influencer in the industry. There's just so many incredible people. Then we have business of fashion people who come and speak and editors from magazines and just talking about so much for us to record that, put it on YouTube, give that education and content to all the people in the fashion industry is what we need to be doing oh, as yeah. leaders in this industry. Yeah. Even the online education route that you guys could do if you're, I've, I'm, you're probably already doing it, but um, you know, and the distribution through that and, and growing that revenue stream uh, for magic is insane because you can now, 
year round be educating in the business of fashion and and all things. I mean, and you again, you will never have, you will never not have content content or just different areas of the business like wholesaling and retailing and you know and marketing and advertising dollars and booths set up and events set up and you know these are the you know what i mean and and, and connections and manufacturing and distribution <laughs> i mean you would literally have an online you know magic school magic university just saying yeah, yeah no we call it fashion frameworks fashion. Um, oh there you go that's right is kind of our place where content lives and everybody has access like we just that's did a amazing. trend webinar with fashion snoops who literally deep dives into all of the data behind what trends are going to come for 2020 and beyond. And so that's like, we give that to the universe. Mm. Um, mm. So there's a lot of incredible resources on fashion frameworks and just like being part of our tribe that you get, whether you're um, a buyer or a brand. So it's exciting and you get it, you get it. And that's actually, it. can you come work for me when, when <laughs> cause you have some really great ideas. Let's let, let's, let's talk offline. Let's talk offline. Okay. No, but, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, I know I dig, I just, I love what you guys are doing. Um, what Thank can you, you, can you, can you share some of like the, the, the data that you found the trends? Um, some of the fashion trends, like in terms of what's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much. I don't even know where to start. I mean, this is the fun stuff I get to talk about. Right. The this stuff is definitely exciting too, but like seeing what's coming on the runways, I get to go to fashion weeks in Australia and Italy and see New York. So, you know, for women's, you're going to see a lot of uh, the slits and slits in the skirts, really high slits, which of course is so hot and chic. Um, I know not everybody can wear it or wants to wear it, but it's beautiful. And you even see shapewear. Like if you know Kim Kardashian's line skims, shapewear is also starting to adjust so you can have slits. So they'll, it's pretty incredible what's happening with shapewear um, and making sure that companies like Skims and Spanx is always on your radar. That is going to get really big within the lingerie segment. Um, women are continuously dressing in power suits, anything to make them feel empowered and be taken seriously. So it's high necks, it's oversized blazers. Um, you can wear the power suit with the shorts a Bermuda shorts, a skirt or wide leg. Um, I also streetwear is going nowhere. It's actually going to become more and more relevant. Even within the workplace, people are wearing like really high end joggers with a heel. Um, again, I'm talking mostly women's fashion because this is what I live and breathe. I think that swimwear, um, we see swimwear as being a segment that continues to grow just with the investment in vacationing and travel being so high within the millennials and, and younger. So um, swimmer brands are continuously really rising and getting that gain in traction and momentum within the fashion industry where um, athleisure is still important, but kind of evened out and it's stable. And again, um, jeans is making a comeback. So denim, denim dropped off the face of the earth for quite a long time and denim is back and, and better than ever with different washes. We're seeing a lot of corduroy, corduroy come back. Um, and of course, nostalgia looks from the 80s right. and 90s are big. We're seeing wide shoulders, uh, a lot of shoulder pads coming back, which reminds us of our mamas <laughs> back in the heyday. <clears throat> I remember. Uh, I love it all. Yeah, no, I think it was uh, I think it was Virgil Abloh was talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, his take on streetwear and then all the 80s and 90s nostalgia coming back around and and all this stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I don't really follow on the women's fashion, but you know, I hear a lot on the, on the men's fashion and, and it's, it's actually, it's really interesting to just to see the, the evolution and the return right back to where we, <laughs> I know <clears throat> for the men's fashion lovers out there. I mean, 
what John Elliott is doing right now. And yes, Virgil with Off-White, there is, and still like Rick Owens. There, I mean, and I was just looking, it's Men's Fashion Week right now and what Louis Vuitton's doing. It is so incredible what is happening. And I think even if you can't afford some of those big brands, um, even shopping at somewhere that is like a Zara and what they're able to do. I mean, I'll watch something come on the Celine runway and Zara's able to literally put it in their store within two weeks of it coming down the runway at an affordable price. So all of us can be shopping, looking good. I mean, Boohoo Men, Boohoo, is that how you say it's Boho or Boohoo Men? Yeah. Um, is pretty incredible for fast fashion men's trends. So there's a lot at our fingertips these days. Well, and um, it's interesting because the the podcast, like I literally do call it my playground because it's no different than all the other stuff that I did in my other, other all these other ventures and other things is that um, I look for things that are um, sometimes not, that that are doing very, very well, but you may mm-hmm. not have known about. And so it that same carries over into music, art, and fashion. And it's been interesting finding some of these brands that, you know, they're crushing it. They're doing 10, 20 million ARR, you know, in their revenue. And 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 um and then you look at their brands, like especially in the men's streetwear, which is stuff that I love. And mm-hmm. um and just seeing like these brands that yeah, I mean they may not have, you know, been acquired yet or they may not have, you know, be getting, you know, Gucci level um notoriety, but I'm like that, that right there. And they're, and they're, I mean, they're fitting styles. They're, they're, you, they're really being innovative these days. And again, cause the social brings it down. They're like, we don't need to be Gucci and have all that overhead if we don't want to, like we no. figured out like these other processes. And then it's also been interesting to watch how social media changed fashion where it's like, make a piece launch, make a piece launch, make a piece launch <laughs> because of how fast, um, you know, people can take, uh, I mean, you know. you know what? The perfect example is the anti anti-social club. Like they put right. a on some hoodies and look how big that got off of and just getting it on certain people and that's a hoodie with a logo so yes ma'am you can do as a uh, up-and-coming emerging designer in fashion as a brand uh brander for 15 years and i learned from designers from graphic designers for 15 you can only imagine how my brain thinks but i'll wait until that 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 phase comes (laughs) you're the first person i'm calling uh, but I'll yeah. wait for the line and I've I'll already, get you a booth. I've already, I've already reserved all the assets. That's how far I'm into it I am. And I just like, I'm just sitting, sitting, sitting. <laughs> you know? I can't wait. So, but uh, that's, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting time. It's a fun time because there's so much more we can do than ever before. Um, yes. You know, do you have any recommendations right now for, for designers and, and buyers for, you know, getting involved? Uh, other, I mean, I know you already brought up so much great information, but anything else that like, um, you know, and then if, of course, any, you know, you've already mentioned how they can get a hold of you, but please keep, keep doing so because I know there's, we, we, I do have a lot of creatives that follow. I do have a good size and a good amount of fashion people that follow. I also have a few names I got to give you when we get offline here. <laughs> so yeah, please do. So yeah. yeah, just to wrap it up, if you're in the fashion industry, you're looking to get into the fashion industry of any questions, your brand, a buyer, manufacturer, a marketer, whatever it is around fashion or quite frankly, trade shows and events. I mean, we kind of talked about the fashion part more. I really am, am, you know, a trade show executive also. So I put on big events. Um, So questions always hit me up. I also answer my DMs all the time on Instagram. It's Graydahl, G-R-E-Y-D-A-H-L. And we could also put on my email on the notes as well. But I'm here to help. I think it's really great if you're looking to open up a store or an online boutique, or you're looking to launch a line, there's a lot of great free information at your fingertips. Um, I know who can help for free in terms of 
friends of mine that have podcasts that specifically just talk about how to launch a line or how to open up a new store. Um, there's so many great resources out there. You should also come walk a show like magic, get all that education. So I'm here to help. And I can also refer books. So there's too many to go over. <laughs> Hit me up and we'll definitely help you out. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And of course, I mean, you, you, you're more than welcome. To, I, know you, I know you've got a little bit of a cutoff time, but uh, you're more than welcome to leave any kind of information, yeah, any kind of resource. But you're absolutely right. And then people can also go to, um, what's the, the main website that they should go to for looking up more information on magic as well? It's magicfashionevents.com. And you can look up. So we have men's shows, women's shows. We have um, footwear and sourcing. And then we have a bunch of shows in New York. Our sister shows, Coterie and Project. Mm. So super resourceful website, magicfashionevents.com. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, first of all, it's a journey-driven podcast, so you're welcome back on anytime. I always tell our oh, guests that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, because, you know, uh, six months from now, it can look very different, um, and you've got so much going on, so you might want to talk about all kinds of new things, or you just be like, you know what? I need, I want to vent about this topic. I'm calling Matt right now, and the world's yeah, going to hear Yeah, let's get real next time. Let yeah. me talk, talk to you about all the crap. No, yeah. I'm joking. No, no, but you know what? But, I mean, it, it's it's good to talk about, uh, have be an open place to talk about all of the things that aren't always, you know... So much fun in the processes too, because people can see like, oh, all right, you know, I get it. Everybody's going, you know, everybody's got to deal with stuff. There, yeah. you know, there's there's good and bad in all the. Well, there's no good or bad. It's just experiences, right? <laughs> so Except that you grow from. Exactly. So, um, so I appreciate you. Thank you so much. For, so, um, everybody listening, you, you guys can go. Uh, please, please, please reach out to Kelly. You can find her mm -hmm. at Gray Doll. It's G R E Y D A H L on Instagram. She does answer her DMs. I have spoken through her to her through the DM, um, and you know she's here to help that whole process. I know there's a lot of you guys either with a line, thinking about doing a line. She's got the information. Or store. What's that? Looking at, if you're looking to open up a store too. Yeah. Um, so yes, anything, please. I'm always here. Anything fashion. I literally just brought you all the resource. I don't want to hear any complaints that you don't have access to any resources. I this is this is 2020, people. This is about accountability moving forward. I I literally can't stand excuses yeah. anymore. I've had to do too much work on my own self that like you. There is a resource. I brought you the resource. <laughs> so, Thank you. No, you're you're yeah. sweet. And also, if you're debating what to wear on a date night, I also will tell you if the looks gross or really cute. So send her a DM. Just be appropriate. <laughs> so, oh yes please you know otherwise you will be uh you'll be cut off immediately <laughs> uh, no i appreciate you kelly thank you so 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 much for being on the show thank you so much for having me this was so fun i want to do it again with you soon absolutely and sit tight i'm going to connect with you just offline here in one second um everybody kelly helfman please uh, uh go connect with her on instagram at gray doll g-r-e-y-d-a-h-l DM her. Um, she'll get back to you if you have any questions in fashion. Um, all things related to magic as well, too, in Las Vegas, uh, the big trade show event. Like, that's the event. It's been the event. So uh, make sure to connect with her. For myself, Matt Gottesman, for the show Hustle Sold Separately, we truly, truly appreciate you guys. Please, uh, if you get a chance, go and make a rating and review on the podcast. It really helps. You know, Apple makes more recommendations as more uh, ratings and reviews go up. So I really do appreciate all of you guys that have been doing it so far. And any of you that haven't, I'm, I'd be honored if you could. And uh, that's it for this week. We are out.